the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Finelli. I'm Chip Patterson. And joining us for this extra special edition of Multi-Platform Excellence, he is a member of the Colorado Hall of Fame after being a four-year starter at linebacker and a member of the Buffs National Championship team in 1990. He was a second-round pick in the NFL draft where he would go on to be a multi-time All-Pro selection. He is currently a Pro Football Hall of Fame nominee. You can catch him all over the Denver and Colorado area on the Pac-12 Network on 104.3 The Fan in Denver. He is... Chad Brown. Chad, thank you so much for uh, taking some time out of your day because it is a busy time to be a member of the Buffs football family. So before we get into the the impact of the hire of Deion Sanders and sort of where the football community is around that program, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It is a uh, football Friday. We got uh, Army-Navy coming up tomorrow, another slate of great NFL games this weekend. So, uh, yeah, this is the time of year where we get to figure out who's who. What's what and who was a bit of a pretender out there? So when you first started to hear uh, about the Colorado coaching search, um, were you early in terms of identifying Deion Sanders as somebody that might be able to be a fit for the buffs? I, I was not. Um, I was unsure or unsure of how much money Rick George could scare up the athletic director at hmm. CU. Um, and apparently he doesn't have all the money scared up all just yet. <laughs> he, he mentioned in the press conference he doesn't have the, the money to pay Deion Sanders this deal. He's assuming that it will come from the excitement that Deion has generated. Um, so I didn't even have that in my mindset. I was thinking more of a 
maybe a, a John or Chuck Pagano kind of guy who's had some success in the NFL, maybe looking for one last job. Both those guys went to high school at Fairview High School, which is in Boulder. They've got family ties to the area. So I was thinking a little bit smaller than that. Um, but once I heard the rumors, um, knowing Rick George as I do, uh, he has been on a quest to get the bus back to relevancy. And uh, I figured he would take a, a big swing at it. And Deion Sanders is just that. Yeah, you mentioned Rick George says he has to scrounge up some of that money. Do you think he's going to be calling you, asking you for something to see if you can help pay for uh, the <laughs> I already donated a scholarship to the Buffs program, so I'm definitely nice. doing my part. I'm uh, looking for others to step up in similar ways as well. So uh, we are a program where we need that kind of, of funding, that kind of grassroots support. The big donors are, are going to be great, and I'm sure Dion's going to get those guys on board. But uh, the folks who can do a 5 or $10 donation every month, something like that, all mm-hmm. that's going to help. If we're going to get back to the glory days of CU football, which I had back in my time, uh, this is 2022. It takes a lot of money to stay in, in that upper echelon of college football. So, yeah, folks need to chip in. Yeah, that, that's a really good point you bring up, too, because at Colorado and at schools all around the country, like people talk about big time boosters who are paying for these huge coaching bouts. But a large portion of the money that schools get for all this comes just from fans and alumni paying those five, ten dollar a month donations. That's a huge portion of where the money's raised. It is. And whether it's you're giving it to the school or you're giving it to some kind of NIL collective or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, if you've got some pride in your program and you want to see your program excel, uh, you cannot sit on the sidelines. And while that five or ten bucks may just be a one or two Starbucks runs for you, you do that every month to your football program. You're going to see them find ways to utilize that money that's going to make the program better. Do you think that Colorado is in a position right now where it is um, it's it's built up to compete in the NIL era in terms of trying to uh, – in, in terms of trying to make sure that you've got the resources and, and you've activated the local community in a way to be able to put together competitive packages uh, in the marketplace? Not at all. Not at all. There's a reason why CU, I think, was had the third most transfers out of their program last year. And so anytime a promising freshman or sophomore cropped up in the last couple of years for the CU program, uh, another program, sometimes in the Pac-12, would offer them more money uh, so there'd be greener pastures as far as bowl games and pro opportunities and playing in more meaningful games at USC or Oregon, but also greener pastures as far as the dollars went. So there were kids who were started at CU who are now starting at Oregon or starting at C- or USC who are making, you know, five, six, ten times the amount of money from an NIL perspective that they would have made at CU. So Dion and Rick George have their work cut out for them because if you want to bring those four- and five-star recruits onto campus who are now interested in becoming Buffaloes because Coach Prime, as he is requested to be called, is the head coach, we got to find a way to pay those guys. you got to find a way to match or at least come close to some of those offers that these kids are going to get from these other schools that have a better NIL pipeline that's already built up. So if you can get at least within the ballpark – and, and we could, you know, set NIL aside for just a little bit. What is the recruiting pitch to come to see you right now? Like, what, what's Dion taking to kids in the transfer portal? Or if he's trying to make a late run at some of these four or five star recruits before the early signing day, you know, what is the pitch to come be a part of this Buffs program? Well, I think we have to stop thinking 
um, as life through our eyes. I'm 52 years old. Uh, I played in an era of college football where money and those kind of things and flash was not part of it back then. Uh, imagine Coach Prime all decked out in CU Nike gear because CU is a Nike school, wearing the latest, greatest Air Jordans that are probably customized in, the, in CU colors on his feet and coming in your house and sitting on your mom's couch and telling you about his pro experience, his Hall of Fame experience, the assistance that he's going to be able to bring to coach these guys up to get them a pro opportunity. Dion is going to be selling the flash, the money, the, the, the big time. I mean, his first song as an athlete, which I don't think was a particularly great song, but it kind of <laughs> encapsulates Dion as a player in some ways as a coach was, it must be the money. That's mm-hmm. what he's going to be selling these guys, these opportunities to make money, these opportunities to brand themselves, the opportunities to kind of co-brand themselves with him as a Colorado Buffalo. You know, his son is running the social media for the school, the opportunities to grow their social media presence. So that's what he's going to be selling. And along the way, they hope to win a lot of football games as well. Now, you played at Colorado in the early 90s. You won a national title in 1990. And that was what I would call the golden era for what Colorado football is. But even at that time, Bill McCartney took over the job in 1982. And there was a slow buildup within the program before the breakthrough in 1989 when they won 11 games. 1990 won the national title. And that started a really strong run through the rest of McCartney's tenure until the early beginning of Rick Neuheisel's in 1996. So it's easy to think of that was when Colorado football was at its peak, but it's also easy to forget that it took time to get there. So we've seen this program struggle on the field in recent years, and Dion comes in, and obviously there's a lot of excitement, there's a lot of energy going into it, and there's going to be heightened expectations. But as far as you're concerned, what are your realistic expectations for what Deion Sanders and this program can do in the first couple of years? Well, I, I've been hearing folks talk about Dion and the CU program in the same vein they've been talking about Lincoln Riley at USC or Brian Kelly at, at LSU. It's a far different lay of the land in Boulder. I mean, obviously, they were one of the worst teams in, you know, in college football these last couple of seasons. So for USC – which has been underperforming, they still got four and five star recruits out of Southern California every year. Um, obviously, Louisiana is a hotbed of recruiting. LSU is going to continue to get four and five star guys out of that area. I don't believe there's a four or five star recruit on campus for CU. So the difference in the lay of the land, the difference in how far the real building process is going to have to go is, is, is massive between USC, LSU, and, and CU. So it is going to take some time. Now, of course, uh, there is a transfer portal, and there is you know that, that ability to kind of rebuild in a much faster fashion than Coach McCartney, who you talked about earlier, where you were literally going to get you know uh, one or two, maybe three JUCO transfers a year, and you had to try to get you know, your recruiting class of 25 or 20 kids on campus to recruit to rebuild your program. It's a far different structure that Dion will be working with, so I expect it to be much faster. And I'm actually expecting a bowl game next year mm-hmm. because getting to six wins is, is not that difficult with the NIL and the transfer rules being what they are. If you get those NIL dollars, you have a coach like Coach Prime who can bring those guys onto campus. You can bring in some players who you wouldn't be guessing who they're going to be eventually if you develop them as freshman recruits. You get a chance to watch this guy on tape at USC or Alabama, or Clemson, or wherever else these kids may come from, 
um, you get a chance to know exactly who they are when they come on the campus. It's also it's going to give you a chance to get a, a coach, a player who's already been developed from a physical standpoint. And then you as a coach get a chance to watch them on tape and know exactly who they are. When you bring them on campus, you can put them in positions to be successful with your schemes and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, again, bowl game next year I think would be the, the expectation there. Uh, the return to the glory days of undefeated seasons and competing for national championships, uh, that's a little bit further down the road. How do you see the landscape of the Pac-12 right now? Like when you try to figure about the steps that it's going to take to be able to work your way up the ladder, um, you know, what, what's sort of the state, the pecking order, I guess, as, as you see, or the hierarchy or the tiers uh, of the Pac-12 right now? Well, I just was at the Pac-12 uh, championship in Las Vegas last weekend. I'm part of the alumni council for the Pac-12, which we uh, help uh, instruct the commissioner on ways to return Pac-12 football to the tops of college football. Um, in some ways, this has been an, a, a tremendous year. Yeah. Obviously, we're not in the playoff picture. The loss uh, USC suffered to Utah uh, got them out of the playoff picture. But there's going to be, you know, there's seven teams uh, from the Pac-12 in the top 25. So the, the buffs are coming into the Pac-12 in, in a, a time where there's a, been a bit of a resurgence after a soft couple of years. Um, so it's not going to be a particularly easy time. USC and UCLA are going to leave and go to the Big Ten. Um, so it will be the Pac-12. will be 10 teams in the Pac-12. We'll see if they rename it or what other schools they, they bring in. Um, but for CU, um, it's going to be a, an uphill climb. Uh, schools like Washington and Utah are, and Oregon – are at the tops of the conference, and those are going to be schools that are continue to be successful. Uh, Oregon State has gotten better under Jonathan Smith. So there's a number of uh, – Jed Fish has improved Arizona. So they're not coming in where there's a bunch of teams that are awful. In some ways, the, the Pac-12 uh, kind of picks each other off during the conference schedule, so the records may not be as flashy as some of those other conferences, But uh, because I think the Pac-12 is so strong from top to bottom. Um, so CU has to find a way to rebuild themselves in the midst – of a conference schedule that's going to be difficult. There's not going to be any gimmies at all on CU's conference schedule during the Pac-12 time of year. But, you know, to your point about the bowl game being an expectation, Stanford is restarting the clock, hitting the reboot button. We still don't know who that head coach is going to be. Uh, Kenny Dillingham might have a very bright future. I know a lot of people are excited to have the hometown hero after having a bunch of you know future retirement coaches there at Arizona State all in a row. Um, but you also have a couple other programs that are all at the, the same place that Colorado is right now, where it's like, okay, we're having to start over. We're having to start from scratch. And if that's the case, then – Colorado, given Coach Prime and given what he can do through the transfer portal, that you could necessarily jump ahead. You, know, you mentioned USC and LSU. I've been holding up the Ole Miss example from this year because Lane Kiffin took, I think, 16 or 17 players from the transfer portal. He had 44 first-time players in Oxford this year. Disappointing to finish the season on a three-game losing streak, but they were 8-1 and one up in the top 10 at the start of November I don't know if you can be eight and one up in the top 10 with a non-conference schedule that includes, you know, Nebraska and TCU right now. But the point is, I do think that you could look at that model and say, okay, we can jump ahead of Stanford. We can jump ahead of Arizona state. We might be able to jump ahead of Arizona. We might be able to jump ahead of Cal. And now all of a sudden you're looking at a Colorado team that is, yeah, that top tier I'm with you. It's, it's tough to crack, but with the accumulation of talent, I, I think that Colorado could very quickly be a middle of the pack in the Pac-12 kind of kind of team? I, I think your lay of the land is, is, is accurate. 
and I was certainly you know talking about the tops of the conference when I was talking about UW and, and Oregon and teams like that. But yes, there is an opportunity to slide from the bottom up into the middle and kind of be bubbling just under the Oregons and the U- Utahs and the University of Washington's as far as the Pac-12 schedule goes. So uh, there's an opportunity there. I think maybe you're one. Uh, here's the thing. I'm in Denver, and the Broncos brought in Russell Wilson, and there was fanfare, and there was optimism, and there was expectations, and it was very, very high hopes. So maybe I'm a little jaded from that experience <laughs> of you know saying how Russell Wilson was going to return the Broncos back to what they once were. Um, so there's uh, my my initial thoughts with the Coach Prime thing is is I'm excited. But let's not get too excited because when we get too excited and our expectations are too high, then that crushing disappointment can be next. And I don't want folks to be disappointed with the program. I want them to be happy with the progress that is made. And in some ways, Coach Prime has already brought progress, this transfer rule, which has really affected Stanford and CU the last couple of years. Um, that rule is now being amended by, by, by the chancellor on, on campus. So that's a great thing. The regents got together and approved a higher coaching salary for Coach Prime, a higher coaching salary pool for the assistants. So in some ways, we've already started moving this program forward just by getting Coach Prime onto campus. Now with the recruits, the transfer portal opened up, a a top recruit from Texas A&M decommitted to Texas A&M and wants to become a Colorado Buffalo. And there's tons of stories like that coming out every day. So we're already better. So the optimism levels are going to be incredibly high I just, you know, am, am, if it's a more difficult climb than we think, I just don't want Buff fans and Buff Nation to be just crushed if we're not in a bowl game or, in your point, 8-1 going until November next season. Now, you say your expectations are a little tempered right now because of Russell Wilson. Do you feel that's the case all around the Colorado program right now, or do you think fans are just kind of going nuts because of this? Fans are, are going nuts. I was at a, a, an event for my radio show yesterday and i've got fans coming up to me and showing me uh you know uh highlights of some kids from from jackson state and how awesome they're going to fit into the cu program and how great they're going to be i'm a part of a former player text group uh with about 25 former colorado buffaloes and one of the guys has a t-shirt company and he's already designing coach uh shirts for coach prime you know it's got coach prime and cu gear and he's pointing the finger and it's you know we coming, you know, what he was talking about in, in his opening press conference or what he was saying to the uh, his first meeting with the uh, with the players there on campus. So we are coming. Uh, but again, we are all those guys on this group text are guys from the glory days of undefeated seasons and, and a top five program. So hopefully we are coming and we do get there uh, I, again. I just don't think it's going to happen in year one. Coming up on the other side, how we got here with Colorado football and much, much more with Chad Brown. Next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, 
You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What do you think? What, can you diagnose at all what went wrong over the last couple of years and like how Colorado got to the point where it was, it was sliding backwards? Uh, well, we saw some success with, uh, with, with Coach Hawkins, um, but then he – you know, had his son play quarterback. And it's very difficult to bring in quarterbacks when it's the coach's son playing quarterback. Mm-hmm. So some curious moves like that uh, where, where uh, you know, you, you make – it seems like a great move on one hand, but you make life more difficult for yourself in the, in the long term. Uh, coach McIntyre had this success with the – the, the, the bowl team and all those seniors. Well, then those seniors left, and it was a, a, a kind of an empty cupboard behind those guys. So there's been a, a lack of ability to recruit. Um, some mistakes, like I mentioned with Coach Hawkins, having your, your your son play quarterback, which didn't make any other quarterback want to be a part of the Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, my guy, uh, Coach Emery and Coach Bienemy, they came in, and I thought, okay, here's some guys from the glory days. Here's some guys with some great NFL experience. But they decided to go with a pro-style attack uh, while they were trying to rebuild the program. Pro-style attack is great when you're Alabama and you're bigger mm-hmm. and stronger and faster than everybody. But this is college football. You know, at this time it was you know the, the late twenty uh, teens when they were there. But you can't make up ground in a conference where everyone is going with spread style and they're all part of the new football. You decide to go old school but you don't have the players to go old school and you're not going to get top receiver recruits when you want to be a pro style attack. You're not going to get top quarterback recruits when you want to be a pro style attack. So these mistakes made by previous coaching regimes started to stack up on top of each other. Um, and then once the transfer portal opened up and Carl Durrell did not recognize that he had to re-recruit every player on the roster Kids just left for, like as I mentioned earlier, for greener pastures, whether it be playing greener pastures or dollar in, uh, greener pastures, and the program has fallen to where it is right now. Yeah, you mentioned Emory and Bienemy running that pro style. I don't know how familiar you familiar you are with your new offensive coordinator or the reported offensive coordinator, Sean Lewis. But if you haven't seen Kent State's offenses to this point, they are not pro-style, but they are very fun. They are very fast-moving, and they are going to be very attractive to quarterbacks and wide receivers and running backs, which is, I think, something that Colorado, now as a member of the Pac-12 and being able to recruit out in the California area, I think will help you guys transition a little quicker to become more competitive. I think that's the biggest move that Dion has made so far if it comes to fruition. How familiar are you with Sean Lewis and what Kent State's been doing offensively? 
Uh, not super familiar, but but enough to know that as a 17 or 18 year old, and I was an offensive guy, that's an offense that I would want to play. And in some ways, your offense has to be a bit of an advertisement for your program. And when you start having uh, creative things and your highlights, you know, make sports center top tens and you have those kind of plays, uh, kids see that parents see that that spreads the message a little bit better. Um, so I'm excited about the possibilities of that, number one, from the on-the-field success standpoint, but also from the recruiting standpoint. Your offense has to be one where a kid can envision himself being part of that, and when he's picturing this and he's closing his eyes, he's smiling as he's thinking about himself being a part of that. There was nothing about that pro-style attack that made kids go, oh, yeah, I can't wait to be in double tights and two backs and just pound it on people. Kids don't think like that anymore. They want to make splash plays. So I'm, I'm happy Coach Prime has recognized that your offense, while it needs to be explosive on the field, also needs to excite kids in the living room. Has anybody on that uh, that group text heard from Coach Prime? What's the, have we reached out to the former players or the or the Colorado legends yet? Uh, not quite yet. You know, he's still obviously got a game uh, coming up for, for, for Jackson State, and he says he can – balance the two uh, between being a new coach and a, and a current coach uh, because of his previous baseball and football experience. He was on campus uh, last night at a uh, basketball game. So I think he's, you know, going back and forth, trying to fill out the staff, trying to get familiar with, you know, the kids on campus. So there's a bit of uh, transition work that he is going through. So I don't think the old players with all our, uh, you know, glory day talk is quite up uh, on his list just yet. Not quite, but he'll come. They need to be. They yes. need to build the war chest. <laughs> yes. So they'll yes. come. He'll be around. He is Chad Brown. You can follow him on Twitter at Chad Brown ninety four. He is a Pro Football Hall of Fame nominee. He is in the Hall of Fame for Colorado for his time as a star linebacker and a national champion. Chad, thank you so much for your unique insight into the Colorado program at this exciting time for the Buffs. Thanks for having me on. It definitely is exciting times, uh, but uh, let's temper those expectations at least for year one, just a little bit. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.